This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. Welcome back to Amstigator. I'm so glad you pressed play, especially with a title about fear. I mean, you could have said, yeah, no, not dealing with that, but you didn't. Uh, You pressed play, and that tells me that you are ready for what I'm about to dish out today. About two weeks ago, a good friend of mine at work was about to get a planned surgery. Uh, the procedure was on a Friday, so he had to go in on Thursday and get all this like pre-op testing done so that they'd be ready to go the next morning um, when he showed up for surgery. So things like blood clotting factors and that sort of thing. So my friend comes up to me, and he points to his hospital wristband from all the pre-op testing, and he says to me, Hey, Lauren, h- how long am I supposed to keep this thing on? And it was a joke, right? So this is a good friend of mine. He and I have a really, really deep connection, um, actually because both of us have had rare health issues that should have killed us, but we survived. And so we, like, he and I just really get each other. And we joke a lot, right? So, like, him saying, hey, look at my hospital band. How long do I have to keep this thing on? But on that particular day, I took one look at that hospital band, and instead of laughing at the joke, I started to cry. He was mortified. I mean, like, really mortified. Like, oh, my God, what have I done? And I was like, no, 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 no. This is why I'm in therapy. Because what happened to me in August was so deeply traumatizing. Now, I can't minimize it. I can't minimize the reaction either. I can't rationalize it away. Or, I mean, worst of all, I can't try to distract myself from feeling all of that. And that is why today's episode, um, you know, what to do when you're totally hijacked and fear forces you to feel, you know, like how do you react in that moment? That's why today's episode is so important. Now, before we get started in this, if you haven't already listened to episode 31, At What Cost, go back and listen to that because it's going to be so much more clear why I felt I needed to record this episode today. In episode 31, I detail why I was hospitalized three times for nine days in August, why it was so deeply traumatizing, and how it became a really a life-changing experience for me. It is my season three premiere, and it really explains why season three is different from what I've recorded in the past. Plus, if you aren't already, sign up for my weekly emails because in this week's email, I put together a list of questions and some journal prompts that really go along with this episode. I I went through a checklist of things to think about when fear or really any hijacking emotion totally derails you. So I would consider this a well-established truth. Most of us in our current state of being are completely disconnected from our bodies. Now, I'd like to think if you're listening to this podcast, you are more connected, but even still... I mean, we're glued to our phones. Let's be real. I mean, we're glued to our email. Uh, We are glued to our Netflix series or our true crime shows. And we run the same plays every day. We can predict exactly how we're going to feel and exactly what's going to happen because nothing changes day to day. We are disconnected from the messages our bodies are sending us. Like, hey, I'm tired. So we drink caffeine. Or, hey, I don't really love this job. I don't feel purpose here. So we disengage or we shop or we doom scroll. 
Or, hey, I'm really stressed with all the things I'm doing. So we drink or we binge. If we are out of our heads and we're more in our bodies, we would feel our body speaking to us, saying things like, go to sleep or go to the hospital. But there's all these other big, yucky emotions that are pretty hard to ignore, and we all have trouble with at least one of them. We want to just push them away, push them to the side, but they are there. Um, Social scientists would say that those are anger, sadness, grief, guilt, shame. Mine in that tearful wristband moment uh, with my friend was fear. That was the emotion I felt. I had an overwhelming fear that was totally triggered by the sight of a hospital wristband. My body was hijacked by a sucky emotion. And I'm going to call them the sucky six, okay? Anger, sadness, grief, guilt, shame, fear. So when we feel those things, not only are they shocking to us because they have the capacity to totally take over, but they're particularly arresting because when you consistently try not to feel, the intensity and the severity of those types of emotions get pretty overwhelming. So let me ask you a question. What does it mean to be human? I mean, I would say to feel. But when we actively try not to feel, we also actively disengage from the very thing that makes us human. And what are those sucky six emotions even for anyway? I mean, definitely to make us feel something, but also mainly to keep that human experience going for as long as possible. I mean, those emotions are messages that keep us going. They keep us alive, and that's where they're coming from. So let's look at it like this. Grief and sadness, first of all, they are biological reactions. And evolutionary scientists say humans developed those, grief and sadness, as a way to stay together. You're together, you're safer. So you grieve and you're sad when you're not together. And then let's look at guilt and shame. Same sort of thing here. They're also a function of living in society. We're stronger that way. So if we feel guilt or shame, it's a response to something that would otherwise hurt the group. Okay? So We evolved that way, got to stay together, got to do what's right for the group so everybody stays okay. Anger is actually really interesting. Social scientists say anger is actually a bargaining chip. They say anger is how we inflict cost or withhold benefit, which is how we bargain. So if someone's really angry at us, we perceive that as, oh, this person's going to withhold from me or this person's going to hurt me. And so it influences behavior. And then lastly, you have fear. I mean, that one's obvious, I think. Fear is there to keep you alive. Don't die, okay? So before you label these sucky six emotions as good or bad or positive or negative, you got to think through this here. Those emotions, number one, are there to make you feel something. Number two, feelings are messages. And then number three, if we ignore or diminish or minimize the emotion... We miss the message. A friend of mine, Mary Beth Hyland from season one, episode four, The Bridge, she always says, what's the message in the mess? And I think those emotions are messy, but there is a message there. And we're supposed to be feeling that in our bodies. So if we're so reluctant to experience the mess, we're going to miss the message. So no matter the circumstances around one of these like sucky emotions, You do have options when you feel them. Yes, you could diminish them. You could bury them. You could pretend they aren't there, distract yourself from really feeling them. 
but none of those help you receive the message that your body's trying to send. There is a chemical reaction in your body. Your body stores emotion chemically in your body. Okay, I saw the hospital wristband. Instantly, I was triggered to cry. My body chemically responded to the sight and said, yep, know the series of emotions here. Just going to take over. Got it. Know the play. I mean, I could try to suppress that. I could, I don't know, I could break a glass. I could yell or scream. I could diminish it. I could brush it off. Or I could cry. You know, people cry for all sorts of reasons, right? My kids cry when they don't get what they want. People cry from physical pain. We cry in grief and loss. I definitely cry happy tears, like tears of relief or love or gratitude. Tears are important. They're not good or bad either. They're just sending a message. They are an expression of something you feel deeply, so deeply that you probably have a hard time defining exactly what it is. So I had to ask myself a lot of questions. And if you haven't already, look up episode 17, Three Questions to Deepen Self-Awareness. I did an entire episode on why questions are important, and it really is a good support to this episode. So here are the questions I was asking myself about my tears with that hospital wristband. Well, naturally, first of all, it was, why am I crying? Well, I was afraid, all right? Afraid of what? I'm out of the hospital. I'm healing. Why am I crying? Well, the wristband. It reminds me of the physical pain from that time and not knowing what was wrong. Well, yeah, those things are true, but there's still something deeper. Why the tears? Now, remember what we know about emotion. It's stored chemically in the body. It is residue from past experience. So, This is why you can cry when you stretch a certain way in yoga. And if you don't know about this phenomenon, look it up. It's really a thing. It is why I love that I do hot yoga because everybody is so sweaty and you can't tell that it's actually tears. You just think it's sweat. (laughs) Now, I didn't have to go on to this inquisition, right? I didn't have to ask myself all these questions. I could have just stuffed it down for it to come back up the next time I saw a needle or a friend needs medical care. But I know the longer I stuff that crap down, it's just going to explode and it's not healthy. So I have to keep going deeper. I have to ask more questions. What's really stored there? Why did I cry? These are the kinds of questions I'm talking about. This is the reason I recorded this episode. Because when fear forces you to feel, it's sending you a message And if you're not used to listening to your body, you're likely going to need to decode that message. And that takes questions. I'm talking like be your own therapist, guide yourself type questions. And I realize those questions take silence and stillness and time to answer. Those are three things that I had none of, like zero of until August. It's part of why hospitalizations were so transformational for me back in August, because they showed me what was really standing in my way of true wellness. Me. I was in my own way until I could be still, until I could quiet my mind or give myself time. I would never be truly, holistically well. And the more I thought about answering those questions about the real reason why I was crying, the more I realized what my fear really was. 
it was the abyss. It was the blackness. My fear was doom, death, the very thing we've all been programmed for thousands of generations of humans before us, all of our ancestors. We've been programmed to stay alive. So when we're faced with fear, and please know we all feel fear at different times and fear for different reasons, we do have a visceral reaction. We feel something. And what does it mean to be human? It means you feel, you experience the range of human emotions. And now you have to work to figure out the source of some of those feelings. And I mean like really explore those because to ignore the emotion is to ignore the message. So let's get back to why you pressed play on this episode in the first place. When fear forces you to feel, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? Well, let me put it to you like this. This is the best visual I can give you because this is how I see it. Like in my mind's eye, this is how I see this process. You have to let it wash over you, but roll off. And I'm not saying drown yourself in one of these sucky six emotions. I'm saying feel it, feel all of it, and then let it go. And you got to ask yourself this very powerful question. What is this telling me? And that process does take time because if there's something that you've held on to in the past, something that made such a dent in your psyche that it got stored chemically in the body, then you have to explore why it's there because that's how you heal it and let it go. And I think of these kinds of emotional reactions sort of like um, working in a recycling center. Okay, go with me here. If you're in the recycling center and you've seen some of this video, you see the trash moving along on one of those conveyor belts. And they move pretty fast, but there's people there reaching onto the belt one by one. They're like pulling off glass bottles or cardboard, for example, just things that can be um, recycled. So think about the conveyor belt as your emotion. All right, you got lots of things going by, lots of experiences going by. And so when you say, oh, I'll, I'll take that fear, I'll take that rejection, I'll take that shame, that grief, I'm just going to hold on to those things. I'm going to just carry it around in my arms, uh, or maybe I'll just like glue it onto my arm, glue it onto my body. If those things were trash, or in this case, recycling or emotions, you start to be loaded down. Like you're a trash monster. You're just carrying it all around everywhere you go. And that's why I'm saying you have to listen to these hijacking emotions coming up because they are in you. They're on you. You're carrying them around. They're sending you a message about what needs to be healed so you can heal it and so you can let it go. And every time you heal one of those things, it's like taking off a piece of the trash and then letting go of it. Like take that glass bottle or take that cardboard, take it off your arms, take it off your back, put it back on the conveyor belt, let it go, let it pass over you. That's why I say, let it wash over you, let it roll off. Don't hold on to it. So how do we do it? Well, first we start by noticing the emotion, right? Like you have to be aware that this is happening and then you have to allow yourself to feel it. Now, for me, the next step is falling back on my formula, the, the things that I can rely on to help calm me down. This isn't something I've ever talked about before in an episode, but when I say formula, I mean the things that center me, the things that ground me. I have four different things that I can do, and it all depends on where I am and how much time I have. If I'm at the TV station, for example, or if I'm at a newscast, uh, if I have a two-minute commercial break, or if I'm at home, I mean, the way I respond is based on where I am and how much time I have. So my formula is this. If I'm in a place where I can, I will lean my head back, I'll close my eyes, and then I'll take two or three deep breaths, and it helps me tremendously. But if that's not available to me, another option I have and that I take often is to go refill my cup of tea. 
I am a hot tea drinker. Um, there's something so therapeutic for me when I can hold the hot cup and then I can breathe in the, the aroma of the tea and then I can just sort of breathe it out. It gives me a moment. I get to walk away from whatever that you know, hijacking moment was. I can reset. I can take a breath and then I can come back. I mean, I do this in commercial breaks with some frequency. If I have more time or even if I'm in the car, I'll turn on a guided meditation. That's what helps me change the record player in my head. So instead of feeling fear, 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 anger, 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 grief, 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 I can hear somebody else's voice instructing me on how to breathe or a visualization to do. And I find that for me, it's just very, very helpful. Now, my biggest, best, and favorite thing to do is to go into nature. I walk, I stare up into the trees, and it's a really grounding practice for me, and it calms me instantly. It is not always available to me. So I have other things that I know help me stabilize after I've been hijacked, right? This is like PTSD 101. Like, how do you handle it? This. This is how I handle it. I have a formula. I know what I can go to. So you need things like this. And they can be anything. But they need to be things that help you, that make you feel okay again. And what's important is that you find something that works because it's got to ground you. And that connects you back to reality. It's not a scapegoat or a distraction. It's a place you can go or a thing you can do while you process that hijacking. And I think more than anything, we have to listen to the messages we're feeling. I talk so much about intuition on this podcast. Cultivating your intuition is based in, first, listening to your body and the signals it's giving you all the time. And as you get more in tune with those things, you begin noticing other things. You pick up on other signals that come beyond the processing of the mind because your body holds deep, deep wisdom and we cannot bypass it. We cannot talk ourselves out of it or think everything has to be run through the analytical mind or it's not allowed. All these things work in concert together. They inform each other. The body and the mind work together and that's what helps to cultivate the soul and listening to the soul. And I've always said my role here with this podcast is to bring important conversations. But the deeper goal in all of it is to teach people how to listen. I believe listening to each other lays the groundwork for listening to yourself. And we listen with love and compassion. That's how we turn our judgment into curiosity. That's how we give compassion to other people. And we start to lead with love. So let's review here. What do we do when fear forces us to feel? Well, we allow ourselves to feel it. We listen to the message it's sending us. And then we find our formula, the things that bring us back to that calm, centered place. And for me, again, breathing, meditating, cup of hot tea, walking in nature, that just, it works for me every time. So you got to find your things, right? Your formula. And then once you're calm enough, you need to ask yourself the really deep questions. Where is this coming from? Where is this stored? Why is this here? How can I heal it? And how can I let it go? And please don't be satisfied until you go deeper and deeper and deeper and you really find the source of this because you can do this work. I believe in you. You wouldn't be here listening to this episode and getting this far in it if you couldn't handle this because you can. We're all walking around holding stuff just like this, and we may not even realize it until we get totally hijacked by that emotion. It's one of the sucky six. Maybe it's something else. 
I created a simpler way for you to walk through this process. It's in your email inbox right now. If you don't already get my weekly Amstigator emails, just shoot me a note. My direct email is lauren at amstigator.com, and I will forward you today's email because I know it'll help you. And my goal is always to talk about things that might be hard or deep, but to make them accessible and make you know you're not alone in them. So this week is kind of a turning point for me in my healing. It's partly why I wanted to release this now. Because as I put this episode out, I'm officially in the week where I'm considered physically healed from all of that stuff I dealt with in August. So thanks for sharing this accomplishment with me today. Thanks for being a part of my healing, letting me talk about these things, and and hopefully teaching and encouraging you along the way. And if this episode was helpful or impactful for you, let me know. Write a review of this podcast on Apple. It would be very meaningful for me. Uh, There's so many of you who are listening every single week, and I'm so grateful for that. So just take a moment, share what you think about Amstigator and why you keep coming back to it, uh, how it enriches you or encourages you. It really does help other people find these conversations, and that's important. Next week, you're going to hear from an awesome author, speaker, entrepreneur named Brittany Cole. She teaches a lesson about having courage when you think you don't belong. She also has a really cool take on confidence, and it's not at all what you expect. So make sure to follow Amstigator on Instagram because that's where I share video clips of my absolute favorite moments from every single episode. And it's also where you and I can connect too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on different things I put out. For now, I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator.